Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani, Mad Shaman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me, all you guys, for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo in today's... Oh my god, I'm so offended because my head is empty and unattended. I believe everything I hear on the news because my critical thinking skills are on snooze, sequestering, festering, censoring, ego-infested. Why aren't these people being arrested giant pustule of insanity that passes for the human race a deranged little world such as it is as always my darlings never mind about all the problems we will try to do this with as much grace dignity decorum as can be mustered on any given day some days it works just fine other days well we give in and we howl at the moon you know, life is all about balance, isn't it, my darlings? To all my regular martini heads out there, hello, darlings. It is lovely to be with you all again. And if you're a newbie and you're joining us for the first time, fair warning to you. This show is politically incorrect because we do not wish to erode the intellect. Martini heads are spirit-centered, free-thinking American patriots. We stand for common sense, common courtesy, and for common decency. We don't do woke. We know the agenda behind the poke. We don't wear a face cloak. And we know the current New World Order puppet administration is a very big joke. We do, however, adore our creator in the high places, in the low places, in the middle ground and in the spaces in between. Duality is not for us. For martini heads, there is no place where the divine will not show its face. Our goal is to let the spirit inhabit the human, to co-create heaven on earth, so to speak. And by that, I don't mean, you know, sitting on clouds all day long, playing the harp, La, 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 la. No, that would be silly because, well, clouds can't bear the weight of mortals and their harps. We work towards creating a world where the oneness of all is understood, embraced fully, and that our divine nature, our true nature, is taken for granted. And speaking of divine spirits, 
Let me take a sip of today's drinky poo, because my darlings, you know, all that religious, well, not religious really, but that sort of spiritual, metaphysical stuff aside, metaphysical martini is where the Holy Spirit meets top shelf distilled spirits. So let me see if today's concoction is worthy of a mention. Hold on there. Don't go away. Mm. Oh, I like that. That is a keeper. Mm. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get on with the show. What do we have for you today? I have no idea. I have some ideas, but no real sort of firm idea. Um, in no particular order, we have uh, really bad but occasionally brilliant poetry from yours truly. We do have quack, of course, questions, answers and comments. And we have Plato Chips, where we discuss and quote a philosopher of note. And of course, my favourite part of the show, the cocktail du jour. Um, should we get on with it? Shall we? Let's. But first, first, let's have a few words on addiction. Now, Arnie, why do you want to talk about addiction? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the lockdowns had a very negative impact on people's mental health. And so many of the letters I receive, they concern my clients' concerns for their unhealthy habits, the unhealthy habits they developed over the past three plus years. It's coming up a lot. People are not in good mental health. Addiction is not what we think it is. Let's talk about it. What is addiction? So dictionary definition, something along the lines of a compulsive, chronic, physiological or psychological need for a habit forming substance, behavior or activity having harmful physical, psychological or social effects and typically causing well-defined symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, tremors, nausea upon withdrawal or abstinence. So that apparently is the state of being addicted, a strong inclination to do, use or indulge in something repeatedly. Now on the show, I'm not going to present a graduate level thesis on it, but I do want to discuss the broad strokes. What causes the addiction? Why is it so difficult to break an addiction? Are there different types of addiction? Are there different levels of addiction? Are we predisposed to it? Well, the key word for me is compulsion. Very interesting word for a shaman, compulsion, a force that compels, an irresistible, consistent impulse to perform an act. How does that come about? Can it truly be overcome or will it be a shadow lurking in the ego mind's back pocket. And the simple answer to that is this. For as long as we identify with the ego mind, we will be insane because the ego's only job is to create fear. And fear was not part of the original cosmic blueprint for mankind. We were designed to have a heightened state of awareness in situations where actions pertinent to our survival needed to be taken. But that's not fear. Fear freezes people and makes them small. They run and hide and refuse to engage and are therefore easily controlled, manipulated. A heightened state of awareness, on the other hand, expands our vision 
it makes us bigger. It gives us a good vantage point and it gives us time to consider options. Now, I want to clarify um, something in my teachings, and I'm going to clarify this because the meanings of certain words have changed over time. When I use the term ego, I do not mean your personality. Ego mind is a program designed to keep us separate from the knowledge of our true nature, designed to corrupt the divine knowing within us, to keep us fearful and wallowing in mediocrity, begging for scraps from the very people openly kicking us in the faces with their establishment issued jackboots. To ask a psychologist about addiction, and they would say, a person with an addiction uses a substance or engages in a behavior for which the rewarding effects provide a compelling incentive to repeat the activity despite detrimental consequences. And addiction could involve substances like alcohol, um, medicines prescribed or otherwise opioids, uh, cocaine, nicotine, what, French pastry, French fries, um, delicious French food or, or behaviors such as gambling, sex, self-harm, whatever. It's a long list because we live in a world filled with things that we can use and abuse. Now, I'm going to say I am qualified to discuss this subject. Well, simply because I'm a human, I'm entitled to discuss anything I want. But I am qualified to discuss this because I too have overcome an addiction. And no, it's not what you think. It's not cocktails because I still enjoy cocktails. No, it's bread. Bread. <laughs> I am allergic to modern day grains. Eating grain hurts my body. Now, I've had in the past many grain free periods in my life and the pain goes away during those periods and I've kept it up for months at a time. And yet, until fairly recently, after months of grain free and pain free, I would find myself standing outside a bakery, inhaling the aroma of fresh baked bread. And somehow I thought it was a good idea to reward myself for being grain free and pain free by buying and consuming a fresh baguette, which would put me back in pain. Clearly, this is insanity. And I finally kicked the habit because I convinced myself I am not insane and I refuse to indulge any voices in my head that would convince me that I am. A sane person would never be so gauche as to give in to warm brioche, especially knowing how much damage it would cause. Do you remember the first time you tasted something really yummy? I mean, it could have been in your infancy. It could have been later on. Perhaps it was ice cream. It usually is. Do you remember the pleasure sensation kicking in? How excited the brain became? All lit up and tinkly bells and fairy lights. In that moment, the brain focused on the pleasure it was receiving from the substance. And now that pleasure sensation has caused the brain to create a quick access icon on your reward and reinforcement desktop, I think is the best way I can explain it. So when you've had a bad day and you feel less than, the little icon pops up and all these little voices in your head come up. 
Oh, poor old Janet. Janet had a very bad day at work. It's okay, Janet. Your boss is an ass. How dare he yell at you and in front of all those people who are your subordinates? Don't worry, darling. Karma will catch up to him. But meanwhile, you can go home, select your sturdier spoon and eat a whole tub of Rocky Road because you deserve to experience the sensation of pleasure after such a shitty workday. And that's why, in my opinion and in my experience, addictions cannot be treated until the substance is cleansed completely from the body and that little icon disappears. Why do we engage in behaviors that harm us? Why do we engage in them over and over again? I mean, it is insanity. And a better word for insanity might be misalignment. Alignment means good mental health. Alignment means we develop and trust our God-given intuition and are therefore less likely to make bad decisions. Misalignment, going from the ego mind, means we identify with that ego mind, the victim mind. And that, my darlings, is a different type of rocky road. It is the rocky road to hell on earth. So the little icon on the brain, okay, we get that. Neurobiological features, yes, the body, the spirit, the human, we all have to work together. Synapses in the prefrontal cortex, okay. Um, but hang on a minute. Is the mind the same as the brain? No, it's not. The brain, the brain is the physical vehicle, but the mind is not physical. And who programs the mind? Now, darlings, the correct answer is not CNN. It is us, we, the Peoples, we the people, we program the mind and we have the capacity to align it with sanity, also known as the divine mind, or with insanity, also known as the ego mind. We're not always aware that our addictions cause us and others harm until they get out of hand and start to dominate our lives day to day. From a spirit perspective, it's quite simple. We could say something along the lines of seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will follow. And that is true. But you also have to understand what that actually means. But if we were 100 percent spirit centered, we wouldn't be dealing with addiction, would we? So it's not so simplistic. And there isn't just one cause for addiction. And in my experience, there is no such thing as an addictive personality. We are all vulnerable. Some of us are feeble-minded, some of us are strong-minded, and everything in between, but we are all vulnerable. You know, I know many people who were given opiates, and I do mean many people, who were given opiates after surgery, um, but they continued to take them because of the euphoria they induced. And they do, by the way, because just for fun, I took an 80 milligram, I think it was 80 milligrams of OxyContin um, a couple of years ago, just to see what all the fuss was about. Do you want to know what the fuss was about? It was awesome. I felt no pain anywhere in my body. I was up elsewhere, I don't know where. 
you could say it was a good place, but I know what a good place is from meditation. You see, I took it once and I will tell you it was lovely and I will never take it again because I can see the potential for wanting more of that unnatural awesomeness in my life. Addiction isn't so simple. It's a multifaceted condition and there's no way to predict who will develop compulsive behavior. Are there biological factors? Sure, there must be. Psychological factors? Sure, there must be. Environmental factors? Of course. All that stuff in the chemtrails and whatever they're pouring down, who knows what kind of an effect that has on our mental health. But, you know, I'll hold space for all of it. It's not that simple. Is it a treatable disease? Is it a disease? I think sometimes people want to classify it as such for a couple of reasons. One would be to sell you a cure and the other would be to destigmatize it, maybe. The best solution is always to address the core. So the body is a learning tool for the mind. If we engage in behaviors that harm us, we have judged ourselves unworthy or incapable of maturity, which is the same as judging ourselves unworthy. We are knowingly and purposefully destroying our inner peace. We can delude ourselves by thinking of addiction as a disease, but in my opinion, it is not. It is yet another of the ego mind's box of tricks to keep us distracted from our true nature and from the glory that shines within. You know, my darlings, we are transitioning from upper third to lower fourth as a race. And that is a huge leap forward. Now, if we were at lower fourth and we're going to middle four, oh, that would be just so lovely and we should all bake a nice big cake. And then middle four to upper four, even lovelier, let's bake more cakes. But, you know, you've already lost a great deal of the ego contrast once you're in lower fourth. So you have to understand where we're at right now and why we have so many mental health issues. And we do. Addiction is just a, a symptom of that. Um, third to fourth shift is massive. Lower fourth will not, cannot tolerate the density of the ego mind because in lower fourth, we truly begin to understand what source energy is, how the cosmos was created, why the cosmos was created, and why we are still co-creating it. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? I mean, a functional, sane, spirit-centered race of people creating a new golden age of expansion. After everything we've been through, I do hope that some of us older gals live long enough to at least see the beginnings of the stabilization of that. It's way past time to dissolve the ego mind into nothingness. We have to understand it. Think of it as a software program that was written to corrupt your divine connection. That's the best way to think of it, in my opinion. You know, people go, oh, I don't know, you know, it's my personality, this, that, the other. Think of it this way. If it causes you pain, it is misalignment. If you are stuck in pain, it's misalignment because you're not being objective. You're feeding the pain body. So we have two choices in life, alignment or disorientation. Fear truly is the mind killer. It is. Fear and all of its secondary emotions, guilt, shame, humiliation, anger, anxiety, 
paranoia, self-loathing, all this goes away once we embrace, embrace, truly embrace our true nature. A few closing words on the subject. Um, do you want to continue struggling, suffering through a life that brings you so much grief that you need to engage in harmful behaviors to escape from it? Doesn't that sound completely insane? If you're honest with yourself, that is insanity. And do you want to keep showing up to meetings and affirming your addictions by stating that you are John Smith and you are an alcoholic and a substance abuser? Or do you want to enjoy the pleasures this planet has to offer without being compelled to abuse them? Our world is changing. We need to change the way we think about everything. We are so much more than mere muggles. And to everyone out there dealing with addiction, oh my God, darlings, I give you all a big huggle, smoochy, smoochy, come on, huggle with me, huggle, because I've been there too. You are hurting yourselves to make yourselves feel better about yourselves. On what level does that make sense? Let's fix this because we all deserve better. And let's fix it so that we can move into the fourth dimension while in physical form. So we don't have to go to the other side, having failed with all of this stuff and go, oh, now I can't go back to Earth because they're in lower fourth and blah, blah, blah. And I have to work through this all over again somewhere else. Let's not do that. Let's not be caught in this ridiculous karmic loop-de-loop. Let's take a look at the things that are in our face every day, behavioral issues, things we want to fix about ourselves. Now is the time to do it. You think you're wallowing in darkness in the world? Yes, there's a lot of darkness, but it's always been here. You're just seeing it for the first time. And you're seeing it for the first time, why? Because there is more Christ light coming into this planet now than at any other time that I am aware of. Don't worry about the darkness. Put it in the Christ light and let the Christ light burn it up. Stand up for your divinity, people. Embrace the real you and thrive. Okay, Arnie, thanks for the pontification. Let's uh, relax now with a little prayerful pondering. Um, I wrote this or something along the lines of this one day for someone, and it has helped a few people find peace. I hope it helps you too, because... We have to dissolve the illusion of separation. And on this show, we do it one shot at a time and one prayer at a time. So just relax and breathe and remind yourself of this. I am infinite consciousness, as perfect as the moment of my creation. I am the pure unblemished potential that is cosmic creation. I am the eternal energy of unconditional love. I experience all things through the eyes of God. I am all that is, was, and ever shall be. I am the divine in potential. I am the divine in action. I am the realm of archangels and the realm of angels. I am the gods and goddesses of all the universes and all the souls that were ever made and ever will be made. I am the celestial bodies, the suns, the moons, the planets, the stars, and all the places in between. 
I have a name and I respect that name, but my personality does not represent my totality for I am an eternal being, just happen to be human right now. I have an occupation. I carry out my duties with respect and responsibility, but it does not begin to represent my totality. I am an eternal being having fun being a human. All wisdom from all realms is available to me and all experiences are open to me. Knowing I am unlimited, I turn the mundane into magic and I create a world so filled with light, darkness and pain are well, distant memories of a bygone era. This is one life of many I have had and will have. And I remind myself that I chose this life at this time for the illumination of my soul. If I have forgotten this, let me remind myself of it now. Let me never forget that I chose this life because I desired a glorious space adventure. I came here of my own choosing in service to creation for the expansion of all souls, for the expansion of universal knowledge and for the expansion of cosmic consciousness. From that cosmic vantage point, my human incarnation has great value and great meaning. From that cosmic vantage point, the spirit inhabits the human and I am not distracted by devices created to feed my ego. I choose to experience from this day forth all things through the eyes of creation, not through the distorted lens of indoctrination. I am sovereign. I know my mind. I have aligned it with divine mind. I am sovereign, as perfect as the moment of my creation and always one with all creation. I am sovereign, adored by my creator, whose love I return ten thousandfold, ever part of the eternal cycle of life. I know only joy because to mine own self, I am true. Blessed be Amen and all that good stuff. Darlings, why would we want to crawl our way to heaven? when in fact, we are already there. I'll drink to that. Mm. Mm. This is, um, mm. Mm. might make another one of those one day, not today, because one is plenty. All right, let's have a little toot toot. <laughs> now, my darlings, we should move on to quack. Questions, answers, and comments. That's the reason we started this show, to know what's going on in your heads. But, oh, wait, hold on. Before we get on to that, let's take a moment to thank the people who make interdimensional and intergalactic distribution of this podcast possible. And those would be the lovely people at Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. They have so many items in the shop, it will make your eyes go pop. There are many price points, so you won't go broke. And they recently acquired a dragon that, bloke, that blows <laughs> colored smoke. And it does, it really does. They have crystals, shungite, 
energy devices and more. So get your asses down there. What are you waiting for? Can't make the trip to the Pacific Northwest? Go to their website and let the buttons be pressed. Mysticalwares.com, online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. And lovely people they are, too. Very easy to deal with. All right. If you would like to share the contents of your minds with Martini Heads worldwide and beyond, send your emails to me, ani at aniavidician.com, or you can do postcards via snail mail to Cosmic Ani, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, America the Beautiful. And don't forget to let me know if and how you wish to be identified, my darlings, or I will be forced to refer to you as omit personal details. All right, let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Shaky, 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 shaky. All right. Our first missive is from Tammy, who's in Ontario, and I think that's in that's the that's not Canada. This is California. Um, and Tammy asks, "Dearest Annie, my husband and I really enjoy the show." Oh, cheers, Tam. You have given us the courage to speak our truth. And in doing so, we have nudged a few of our friends into reality. Good for you. As it is almost St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> oh, I know what's coming here. We would love to send you a bottle of something nice. So name it. What is currently your favorite drop? Well, what a lovely thought and how brave and bold you are. I mean, what if I say something that's like $700 a bottle or so, which I wouldn't, of course. Um, but what if I did? You'd have to write to me and say, well, pick something else. But no, I'm just joshing with you. That is a lovely thought. And since you asked, since you asked, um, not that I have a shortage of alcohol in my home, I am currently very much into the whiskey that's called Writer's Tears, Copper Pot, the Copper Pot label, the, the green label. There's something about this whiskey. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something very special about it. I mean, it could just be me, but when I drink it, the buzz is very different from other whiskeys. It's very mellow. It's more like, um, well, it's more like Mary Jane than alcohol, really. Uh, anyway, I would recommend it if you're a whiskey lover, Pick up a bottle of Writer's Tears Copper Pot. And, oh, please don't hesitate to send me a bottle. I mean, I'm deeply and profoundly grateful. Thank you, Tammy, and your nameless husband. I shall drink to your health and wish you well with every sip. Okay, what else do we have in the fishbowl this week? Um, not a very busy week in the fishbowl. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is from Elsie in Birmingham, Birmingham <laughs> in the United Kingdom, who asks... Congratulations on becoming an American citizen. Thank you. Will you be giving up your British citizenship? Can you have both? Can you be by? <laughs> Very funny, uh, Elsie. Yes, uh, I get that joke. Um, thank you, Elsie. My allegiance is to America. So I suspect I will let the British passport go once it expires. I have a few years on it. Um, not sure really how keeping it would serve me. You know, before this whole New World Order attempted takeover farce, I had thought about retiring and, and buying a small cottage in Devon and 
spending the winter months there every year. But the thought of being there right now is not appealing. Um, now, over here, we are armed citizens and we are able to protect ourselves against government tyranny. And very shortly, I feel we are going to have to do that in very practical terms. But in the UK, only farmers and a select few have guns. And that makes me think of you as subjects, not as citizens. So the jury is out on that one. I'm fighting the good fight over here. Uh, my partner is American, too, and I love living here. I love this country. I love my partner. I love America. In my opinion, this is the best place on the planet. I, I don't want to live anywhere else. I may sound like a Brit, but in my heart's core, I'm a bit of a gun-toting cowgirl. So thanks, Elsie. Um, doesn't mean I can't visit England, but of course I won't be flying anywhere anytime soon because everyone's been vaxxed and boosted, and I don't want vaxxed, boosted people who are all dropping dead, or not all, but many are dropping dead, and have all these issues flying an aeroplane. Thank you very much. I would rather try to swim the Atlantic um, than do that. All right, let's take another email, and this is from... <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> this is from Joseph, who is the king of existential dread. I, I never knew there was such a place. Uh, hail to your majesty. King Joseph says, I think you are Iron Rand in a past life. I really do, Arnie. Does that resonate with you? And Joseph said a whole bunch of other stuff, which I'm just not going to read. Uh, let me just have a little sip of my drink. Mm. Mm. Ooh, that is quite yummomatic. Because, Joseph, you should be doing stand-up comedy or writing for a sitcom. Very talented man, but a little bit too saucy for this show. Okay, Joseph. I resonate with Ayn Rand's philosophy. Of course, we all know that. I'm a big fan. But even though we were forged in the same soul forge, we are not cut from the same cloth. You see, Ayn Rand was a genius. And... I'm just a bit of a twit, really, who drinks cocktails and dispenses metaphysical advice. Um, besides, she passed away in 1982, and in 1982, I was already in my early 20s. Um, but, but thanks for what I consider to be a lovely compliment. Um, and I'm just going to say this one more time. You are a very talented writer, sir. If you're not already a professional writer, you should consider it. Um, very interesting turn of phrases uh, you have here. Okay, moving on, moving on. I have a postcard from someone, and it's a lovely postcard. It has the picture of the high priestess on the front, you know, from the, from the tarot deck. Um, and the message is from a lovely lady, called, well, I assume you're lovely, called Helena. And it reads in um, black Sharpie pen, Bring back Taro a go-go. <laughs> oh, dear. We have been back and forth with this one. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to bring it back on this podcast. We are going to do something even better, though. Taro needs visuals. So I'm planning on a series of short tutorial videos, and I promise I'll keep you informed, and I will do my best to make them stand out from the 10,000 other tarot videos out there. Let's take another. 
And this is from Omit Personal Details, and it reads. This is a long one. Um, OK, just go ahead and read it, Arnie. You picked it. I don't believe in hell because I cannot imagine the God of unconditional love would let people burn. But within heaven, does there exist a place for those who are truly wicked? This is a sensible question. There are many levels to our heaven. Um, the sum total of our conduct on earth emits a frequency. Once the mortal body has died, that frequency goes to heaven with the soul and the light body and is accommodated on a realm with a magic frequency. The goal, of course, is to review the life lived and bring it into balance. Being put in a, in a lower realm, um, it's not a punishment, it's common sense. And, well, it's just how vibration works. There is one level in heaven, which is for those who have fallen very far from the garden. I went up to the gates in astral form uh, one time. Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend it, but, you know, I had a purpose. Otherwise, I would have stayed home. And briefly, I'll tell you, it was guarded by very tall men, all of whom looked like the British actor Bill Nighy. And they had at their side, instead of dogs, beasts with the head and body of a lion, but with eagle wings. And that is the densest part of heaven. And those folks have a lot to sort out, but they will they will have all the help they need because no matter what the level, all are cared for with love and all share the same goal to bring the life experience into balance and to update the cumulative soul experience. We work, you know, all of us are created and serve and are part of a loving, merciful God. There is, um, of course, you wouldn't need mercy if you realize that you were part of a loving God. Uh, there is one more realm, though, I will say, because what you're saying is there's no such place as hell, but where are the really bad people contained? All right. So the lowest level of heaven, the Bill Nighy place with the with the lions and the eagles, that's a really bad place. But there is one other place that I've spoken about. It's not heaven. It's um, a franchise of heaven. It's a free floating realm of great density. And this realm houses the very darkest of the dark. Those would be people who have over time and usually over multiple incarnations severed their connection to source and acted in ways that range from dirty to despicable to depraved. You know, the Pol Pots, the Fauci's, the Stalins, uh, the Bill Gates, all the globalist planners and their upper level support teams. Sociopaths, we would call some of them psychopaths, too. But we're not talking the odd murder here or there. No. Most of us have committed murder for all the wrong reasons in one incarnation or another. No, this realm is reserved for those who lust for power and greed and whose lust for power and greed has blinded them to anything good. All they crave is more power and will do anything to stay in power. That particular realm, Omit, is so dense that you and I could stare at it for days and swear that nothing exists there because nothing seems to move. There there is the place that the darker the darkest souls are contained and i am told there is a special brigade of swat team angels whose only duty is to patrol the area now of course in such density escape is impossible but once in a very blue moon a tiny flicker of light is seen and this is a soul coming to terms with its past actions if the light stays on for however long, I don't actually know the criteria, but if it stays on for long enough, 
the SWAT team angels, dun, da, 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 they swoop down and they grab the soul remnant and they take it to be rehabilitated in heaven, no doubt to the lowest frequency realm or perhaps to the hospital of the lowest frequency realm. And the angels, they have to be really quick about it because such is the density, even the angels fear to tread um, there lest they be stuck. So let's all make a note to be very good girls and boys so we don't end up there. Uh, and the people who don't make it out of there, and hardly any do, get taken back every 26,000 years or so and put into source creator I am and have all their memories wiped clean because if they came to awareness and realized what they had done, ooh, what a terrible thing. And so they get to start again as one-dimensional beings. So it gives me great pleasure to know that People like Fauci are going to start off somewhere as an earthworm, trying to find the light as a little wormy thing. Mm. Okay, moving on. Uh, thank you. You know, interesting. Um, I just want to say, since we're on the subject of all of this, uh, it, that was a very good question. You know, folks, heaven isn't just one place. There isn't just one other side for the entire universe. That would be a logistics nightmare. Every planet has its own other side or safe haven. Ours is called Nirvana. And we didn't need safe havens in the earlier days of creation. But with expansion comes genetic material to play with. And, you know, that's where we had all of Lucifer's experiments, etc. And then we started to get some serious contrast, you know, Tower of Babel stuff, strong stuff. Oh, well. Hey, everyone. Welcome to World of Earthcraft, the game of life and how to play it. Uh, thank you for that question. Okay. Do we have anything else in the fishbowl of per perpetual perplexity? One more, I think. And this is from, oh, I remember this one. Oh, I need a drink. Hold on. <laughs> I remember this one. She says, let me get a drinky poo. Mm. Mm. Yummo. Okay. This is from Angelica, who says, I don't believe anything anyone says, mainstream or alternative. The world has gone mad. Everyone in the world is mad. I don't see how any good can come from this. Everyone shouts. No one listens. All I see is anger, confusion, hatred, and people wanting to stomp on each other. There is no plan. There is only chaos. Nothing good comes from chaos. I retire next month. I will sell my house and find a small cabin somewhere near a lake and remove myself from the human race. I am sick of everyone and everything. Okay, well, Angelica, what a grumpy little crumpet you are. <laughs> um, and if you determine to stay that way, by all means, darling, sell your house buy a lakeside cottage and retreat from humanity until your human body gives up the ghost. It's better for you and it's certainly better for those around you. Listen, my darling. Listen to your Auntie Annie. We are in the midst of the greatest awakening in recorded history. To have an awakening, you need to have something to awaken from. And people are beginning to realize their dream was actually a well-disguised nightmare. I understand your frustration. We are all experiencing frustration 
on some level or another. Two notes I have for you. One, chaos does serve a purpose and chaos is not sustainable, which means that once the explosions have stopped and the smoke clears, we see clearly what we have done wrong and take steps to make sure we never do it again. Fingers crossed and praying to the gods of common sense on that one. And number two, you said uh, somewhere in your letter that all the metaphysical stuff doesn't count when things go wrong. Um, you seem to have missed the point by about one million miles. This was a much longer letter than I read. Um, you do the metaphysical stuff so that things don't go wrong. Because you see, our thoughts really do create our reality. We have eight billion people on this planet. Granted, them, most of them are NPCs, but we have eight billion people walking all over Mother Earth, each person an individualized part of source and each persona with its own unique perspective. I should explain NPC stands for non-playing character. A non-playing character is the character in a computer game that you can relate to in a limited way. For example, they could repair your equipment or you can buy something from them, but they don't make their own decisions. They are programmed by the person who programmed the game. All right, just to get that cleared up because I use that a lot. So yes, people are literally insane right now, but what is insanity? Again, identification with the ego mind disassociation with the divine mind. Yes, people have become fragile. Yes, people have become feeble-minded. And most of all, and there is proof of this all around us, we have to accept that most of all, people fear being wrong. It is amazing to me how much more they fear being wrong about Armageddon than Armageddon itself. Right now, hundreds of millions of people are coming to the realization that they have been wrong about everything all along. And those without emotional maturity cannot deal with this. And so we have the war within. Spirit nudging the human to accept the error and to correct it, while ego nudges the human to remain confused, cranky and chaotic. Darling, sell your home. Buy the lakeside cottage, realign yourself with all that is good, whole and holy. Accept that mankind is where it is in its development. Make peace with it and with yourself. And chill, because ask yourself, how does my sustained anger serve the greatest good? The universe, darling, is always in motion. Civilizations will rise and civilizations will fall and rinse and repeat. Don't get stuck in the details. Embrace your true nature, focus on that, and through that, all the wisdom of the ages will be made available to you. And let me know where you end up, and if you have a granny flat, I might want to move in with you. Okay, one more question, a quick one, I think. Uh, let's see if we have a quickie in here. This is from Esther in Maine, who says, very simply, Bigfoot, real or hoax? Esther, real. The Sasquatch... It's a whole race of beings, you know. People seem to have this idea that there's one elusive, big-footed, hairy creature lurking in the woods, hiding from mankind, just waiting for you to take a, 
a shaky, grainy photograph of it. Um, you know, that's not true. Um, there are tribes of Sasquatch and they're not evil and they're not primitive. They are fully developed, soul sentient beings with highly developed intuitive skills. And those grainy photos we see making the social media rounds for the most part are hoaxes. Um, Sasquatch will not be seen unless Sasquatch wishes to be seen. Yet another earthly marvel hidden in plain view. Other beings exist too, you know. It's not just humans, animals, fish and insects. So much will be revealed in the coming days. With open hearts and open minds, oh, what treasures we shall find. And that's it for Quack. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen and to write in and to share your deep dysfunction with us all. We just love it. And now, for your edification and your amusement, and since we talked about uh, addiction, a silly poem about bread. Yes, folks, it's time for a tiny pat of poetry, because after a hard day shamaning, I like nothing better than coming home, putting my feet up, enjoying a nice cup of tea or a small drinky poo, and writing really bad but occasionally brilliant non-peer-reviewed poetry. So, here we go. Bread is Dead, a poem by Ani Avedisian. The world is in dire straits. There's filthy Fauci, there's ghoulish Gates. Yet here I sit, bemoaning the lack of bread upon my plate. Media is an opera of soap, so slick with lies, a nasty slippery slope. Yet here I sit, jumping mental ropes, because a toasted cheese sandwich would be oh so dope. Derailments now are commonplace. The Luciferians are mooning mankind right in the face. Why is it then that Bavarian cream donuts demand priority in my headspace? The body is a learning tool for the mind. My mind wants toast and honey. It's weird, but also funny. I am observing my own behavior objectively, without bias or favor. Ah, I just now realized there's a giant cookie on my screensaver. There is fake Russian collusion, an alien invasion illusion. I should pay more attention. Am I aware of the Great Reset? Of course I am, you bet. But can we discuss it over a nice warm baguette? A curse upon this predilection. Be gone, O oh foul bread addiction. I shall begin my incantation and summon the gods of complex carbohydrate cessation. I shall sally forth without distraction, denouncing baked goods as putrefaction. But wait, what light through yonder window breaks? with aroma sweet and pleasing? It appears to be a homemade cake. Oh, the horror, oh, the cruel teasing. Will I resist? Will I pass? In the end, that depends on how committed I am 
to reducing the girth of my ass. Thank you very much, everyone. I really do hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and now it's time for Plato Chips, where we discuss and quote a philosopher of note. And today's thinker stinker is none other than George Carlin. Yes, the comedian, but he was so much more. Uh, George Carlin was born 1937 in New York City, and he died June the 22nd, 2008 in Santa Monica, California. He was born George Dennis Patrick Carlin, raised in Manhattan, as we said. He was born to uh, a mother and a father, as most people are really, um, in the days before we were gender confused. Um, Mary Berry, his mother was a secretary, and his father, Patrick John Carlin, was an advertising manager for The Sun. Um, his dad was from Donegal, Ireland, and his mother was also Irish-American. But his parents divorced when he was two months old and he was raised by his mother. So his mother had to go out and work and left George alone for long periods of time. And George uh, listened to the radio and practiced his impersonations. Um, and he started honing his craft quite early. He achieved a fair degree of success as what they call a Bill Cosby style raconteur, probably without the, you know, without the the dysfunctional sex stuff in nightmare uh, in nightmares in nightclubs all over the place um he's just one of those guys that was just a little bit different but some some point at the end of the 60s uh he radically overhauled his persona and that's when his routines became insightful and he started to introduce more serious subjects and as he aged he became more of a cynic a little bit bitter sometimes, but he changed his his stage persona um, in ways that made him really appeal to just about any type of audience. He really took his trade craft seriously. Once he realized that he was going to talk about social engineering, perceptual engineering, corruption in government, indoctrination, and all the things that matter, all the things that philosophers talk about, he realized that he had to be a masterful orator. Uh, and you can find his comedy sketches all over the place, uh, on PooTube, Rumble, Bitchute, so forth. Uh, he did everything he could to awaken the American people and to make them aware of this relentless campaign for their minds. And he did it with great humor, and he deserves to be acknowledged as a philosopher of note. If you haven't experienced any of his clever comedy, um, I suggest you do so because he called everything that's going on today he called it correctly he was the first posthumous recipient of the mark twain prize for american humor mark twain rocks in my opinion um also during his stint in the air force this would be of course george carlin not mark twain uh, he was court martialed three times no surprise there um a few of my favorite quotes from him when evolution is outlawed only outlaws will evolve. <laughs> he also said, I have as much authority as the Pope. I just don't have as many people who believe it. You'll want to pick up his book, Brain Droppings. Um, lots of lovely sayings in there. He also said, the politicians are put here to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. He said, it's just one big club 
and you and I, the American people, are not in it. Another one of my favorite sayings from him, I'm completely in favor of the separation of church and state. My idea is that these two institutions screw us up enough on their own, so both of them together is certain death. Um, he did push the envelope. You know, for example, he wasn't afraid to offend because he wanted people not to be offended. He wanted them to think. You'll find some um, some raw stuff in the book Brain Droppings. Uh, for oh, was this in Brain Droppings? I think this was from an interview with Jesus. Um, he said, "I would never want to be a member of a group whose symbol was a guy nailed to two pieces of wood." It's it's very easy to be offended by that, isn't it? And if you're a grown up, you wouldn't be. I think that's what George wanted. He wanted everyone to grow up. When you start to go to PooTube and stuff and play his little video clips, be sure to play the one on euphemisms. Euphemisms. It will connect many a dot for you. George Carlin. I sometimes stay up until one, two o'clock in the morning just listening to some of his older, older videos. You know, he didn't talk about the Illuminati and 24-7, but he brought that in. I think he's just a very enlightened and awakened soul who knew that, well, Oscar Wilde called it, didn't he, when he said, if you're going to tell people the truth, make them laugh or they'll kill you. And I have taken that, uh, you know, that advice to heart. So George Carlin, check him up, resurrect his stuff. RIP Georgie up there. Oh, my God, my darlings, look at the time. We're about a couple of minutes out. This is terrible. I haven't finished my drink. Let me finish my drink. Mm. Mm. Don't chug it, Arnie. <clears throat> oh, but it's so chuggable. That's it for this week. I have now finished my drink, and that always means the end of the show. I do hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording it, because if you didn't, well, that's one whole hour of your life that you will never get back. Today's real life cocktail was a Statue of Liberty, one ounce of white rum, one ounce of Applejack, one teaspoon sugar, super fine sugar, and a slice of lemon for a dressing. Fill your shaker with cracked ice, add the rum, add the Applejack and the sugar, shaky, shaky very well, strain into a chilled cocktail glass, dress with your lemon slice and drink it and it's lovely. Mm, so lovely. Cheers. Now remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. I am Arnie, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are oh so grateful. Mwah, 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 mwah. Until we meet again, be sassy, but stay classy. And above all, my darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Avdesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.